Section 13 of the Emperor of Portugalia by Selma Lagerlöf, translated by Velma Swanston Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Lars Rolander. Section 13. Heirlooms. One evening toward the close of autumn, Jan was on his way home from Falla where he had been threshing all day. After his talk with the seine-maker, his desire for work had come back to him. He felt now that he must do what he could to keep up, so that the little girl on her return would not be subjected to the humiliation of finding her parents reduced to the conditions of paupers. When Jan was far enough away from the house not to be seen from the windows, he noticed a woman in the road coming toward him. Dusk had already fallen, but he soon saw it was the mistress herself, not the new one, but the old and rightful mistress of Falla. She had on a big shawl that came down to the hem of her skirt. Jan had never seen her so wrapped up, and wondered if she was ill. She had looked poorly of late. In the spring, when her husband died, she had not a grey hair on her head, and now, half a year afterward, she had not a dark hair left. The old mistress stopped and greeted Jan, after which the two stood and talked. She said nothing that would indicate that she had come out expressly to see him, but he felt it to be so. It flashed into his head that she wanted to speak with him about Glory Goldie, and he was rather miffed when she began to talk about something quite different. "'I wonder, Jan, if you remember the old owner of Falla, my father, who was master there before Eric came?' "'Why shouldn't I remember him, when I was all of twelve at the time of his death?' "'He had a good son-in-law,' said the old mistress. "'He had that.' agreed Jan. The old mistress was silent a moment, and sighed once or twice before she continued. "'I want to ask your advice about something, Jan. You're not the sort that would go about tittle-tattling what I say.' "'No, I can hold my tongue. Yes, I've noticed that this year.' New hopes arose in Jan. It would not be surprising, thought he, if Glory Goldie had turned to the old mistress of Falla, and asked her to tell him and Katrina of the great thing that had come to her, for the old seine-maker had been taken down with rheumatic fever shortly after their interrupted conversation, and for weeks he had been too ill to see him. Now he was up about again but very feeble. The worst of it was that after his illness his memory seemed to be gone. He had waited for him to say something more about Glory Goldie's letter, but as he had failed to do so, and could not even take a hint, he had asked him straight out. And the old man had declared he had not received any letter. To convince Jan he had pulled out the table drawer, and thrown back the lid of his closed chest to let him see for himself that there was no such letter. 
of course he had forgotten what he did with it jan concluded so no wonder the little girl had turned to the mistress of falla pity she hadn't done it in the first place now that the old mistress was hesitating so long he felt certain in his own mind that he was right but when she again returned to the subject of her father he was so surprised he could hardly follow her she said when father was nearing the end he summoned eric of falla to his bedside and thanked him for his loving care of a helpless old man in his declining years don't think about that father said eric we're glad to have you with us just as long as you care to stay that's what eric said and he meant it too he did that confirmed jan there were no fox tricks about him wait jan said the mistress we'll just speak of the old people for the present do you remember the long silver mounted stick father used to carry yes both the stick and the high leather cap he always wore when he went to church so you remember the cap too do you know what father did at the last he told me to fetch him his stick and cap and then he gave them to eric i could have given you something that was worth more money he told eric but i'm giving you these instead for i know you would rather have something i have used that was an honor well earned when jan said that he noticed that the old mistress drew her shawl closer together he was sure now she was hiding something under it maybe a present from glory goldie she'll get round to it in time he thought all this talk about her father is only a makeshift i have often spoken of this to my children the old mistress went on and also to lars gunnarsson last spring when eric lay sick i think both lars and anna expected that lars would be called to the bedside as eric had once been called i had brought him in the stick and cap so they'd be handy in case eric wished to give them to lars but he had no such thought the old mistress's voice shook as she said that and when she spoke again her tone sounded anxious and uncertain once when we were alone i asked eric what his wishes were and he said if i wanted to i could give the things to lars when he was gone as he had not the strength to make speeches whereupon the mistress of falla threw back her big shawl and then jan saw that she held under it a long silver-mounted ebony stick and a stiff high-crowned leather cap some words are too heavy for utterance she said with great gravity answer me with just a nod jan if you will can i give these to lars gunnarsson jan drew back a step this was a matter he had entirely dismissed from his mind it seemed such a long time since eric of falla died he hardly remembered how it happened 
you understand jan that all i want to know is whether lars can accept the stick and cap with the same right as eric you must know as you were with him that time in the forest it would be well for me she added as jan did not speak if i could give them to lars i believe there would be less friction afterward between the young folks and me her voice failed her again and jan began to perceive why she had aged so much the past few months but now his mind was so taken up with other things that he no longer cherished the old resentment against his new employer it's best to forgive and forget he said it pays in the long run the old mistress caught her breath then it is just as i thought she said drawing herself up to her full height i'll not ask you to tell me what took place it's best for me not to know but one thing is certain lars gunnarsson shall never get his hands on my father's stick she had already turned to go then suddenly faced about here jan she said holding out the things you may have the stick and cap for i want them to be in good honest hands i daren't take them home again lest i be forced to turn them over to lars so you keep them as a memento of the old master who always thought well of you then she walked away erect and proud and there jan stood holding the cap and stick he hardly knew how it had come about he had never expected to be so honored were these heirlooms now to be his then in a moment he found an explanation glory goldie was back of it all the old mistress knew that he was soon to be elevated to station so exalted that nothing would be too good for him indeed had the stick been of silver and the cap of gold they would have been even more suitable for the father of glory goldie clothed in satin no letter had come from glory goldie to either her father or mother but it mattered very little now that jan knew she was silent simply because she wished her parents to be all the more surprised and happy when the time came for her to proclaim the good tidings but in any case it was a good thing for him that he had peeped into her cards otherwise he might easily have been made a fool of by persons who thought they knew more about glory's doings than he did for instance there was katrina's experience at church the first sunday in advent katrina had been to service and upon her return jan had noticed that she was both alarmed and depressed she had seen a couple of youths who were just back from stockholm standing on the church knoll talking with a group of young boys and girls thinking they might be able to give her some news of glory goldie she had gone up to them to make inquiries 
the youths were evidently telling of some of their escapades for all the men at least laughed uproariously katrina thought their behaviour very unseemly considering they were on church ground the men must have realized this themselves for when she came up they nudged one another and hushed she had caught only a few words spoken by a youth whose back was turned to her and who had not seen her and to think that she was clothed in satin he said instantly a young girl gave him a push that silenced him then glancing round he saw katrina just behind him and his face went red as blood but immediately after he tossed his head and said in a loud voice what's the matter with you why can't i be allowed to say that the queen was arrayed in satin when he said that the young people laughed louder than ever then katrina went her way unable to bring herself to question them and when she came home she was so unhappy that jan was almost tempted to come out with the truth about glory goldie but on second thought he asked her to tell him again what had been said about the queen katrina did so but added you understand of course that that was only said to sweeten the pill for me jan meanwhile kept mum but he could not help smiling to himself what are you thinking about asked katrina you have such a queer look on your face these days you don't know what they meant do you i certainly don't answered jan but we ought to have enough confidence in the little girl to think all is as it should be but i'm getting so anxious the time to speak jan struck in has not come either for them or me glory gold herself has probably requested them not to say anything to us so we must rest easy katrina indeed we must End of section 12, read by Lars Rolander.